Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the UNA Percussion Podcast. I think that's the title that we're going to stick with for a while here until we think of something more clever. But uh, my name's Caleb Tanini, and with me today again, as always, is going to be Jake House, Truman Clark, and Logan McCoy. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. Uh, so this week, we're going to talk about a couple of things, um, mostly just about like what our summer plans are, uh, some things that have been going on um, as the semester here comes to a close this week. Uh, so I guess let's just start with how has everybody's week been this past week? This week has been like, you know, it's finals week for us, mm-hmm. or the start of finals week for us, and so... Now that we're all online, especially, a lot of professors just kind of, they didn't want to deal with the, doing it on the actual time, so they just kind of threw the tests out there. And so I've been I've been doing a lot of work this week, just trying to get all that together. Had to make a blog. That was fun. It was interesting. That sounds nice. <laughs> How's your week, Truman? It was pretty good. I've just been finishing up these assignments that are due, and then um, I've been... Playing drum set a lot. Sounds fun. That's pretty much it. How about you, Jake? About the same as everyone else. I've been playing a Balron a lot and transcribing stuff for that. So yeah, pretty fun. Balron licks to live. Balron licks, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my week's been pretty good. Uh, we we'll talk about this later, but we had a percussion aud- marching band auditions. March's percussion oh. auditions this week. Those were due yeah. on Saturday. Um, so that was a fun time. Uh, but yeah, I've just been trying to compose a lot. Got my black MIDI piece all finished and ready for the concert on Monday. So that's going to be... That's this Monday? Like yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, as of... We're recording this on a Sunday. And uh, it's tomorrow, Monday, the... What's, what would tomorrow be? The, the 4th at 6.45 p.m. Um, Will it be live on Facebook? I think it's a... I think it's a Zoom thing. Mm. Uh, I don't know exactly the medium at which it will be given out. Um, although I imagine Facebook Live would actually be smarter than a Zoom call, but that I don't know. That's up to uh, Mr. Mercurial and how he wants to delegate getting that out there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a good week. So I guess let's just talk about auditions. Uh, Logan, you did them. Truman did them, and I did them. Jake did not do them, as he is graduating. So he is <laughs> he has then completed his service and his mandatory time. Uh, so, how did audition videos go for you, Truman Clark? Um, I mean, they went pretty smoothly for the most part, since I already knew most of the exercises. Like what. A bunch of these past like few months, and especially since we've been in quarantine, has just been me like learning the new parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was about I just recorded the audition the entire way down mm-hmm. to see my videos because I like them. And then I think, I don't remember when I filmed it. I think it was, I filmed it over two days, my final audition. And I turned those videos in and it went pretty smoothly other than 
the occasional stick being thrown because I messed up a warm up or something, you know. You know how it goes. Yeah. Oh man, I think my most like recorded and redone video was eight eight sixteen. For the simple fact of like it's the one thing that like you can accept like tiny little like sound errors and other things like when, when the video is just like eights if all however many notes it is don't sound the exact same it's like you're playing eights man like come on uh so i probably re yeah. recorded deleted and re-recorded eights like maybe 25 times like it took a while <laughs> just to like really just get it in there and i definitely thought that a couple of the other guys would give me more trouble than that but like Honestly, I thought my videos went kind of well. Uh, wasn't really stressed about it that bad. Uh, it probably took me all in all about maybe like two and a half, three hours to get runs that I was happy with on everything. So, good time. How did your videos go, Logan? Oh no, did we lose Logan? Did we lose Logan? <laughs> Logan. Oh no, we lost Logan. He's asleep. Uh-oh. Is he coming back? Uh-oh. No, it's back. We're back, baby. Logan's back with no camera. How'd your videos... Nice. How'd your videos go, Logan, if you're still here? Is my camera not working still? Oh, there it goes. Oh, you're back. Right now. There okay. you are. Uh, my videos. Yeah, they were interesting. It's, it's kind of the same thing you guys are talking about. The hard part for me, especially with videos, and that's like a pretty common misconception, like... You know, you're not in front of a person, so you're going to have a lot easier time. No. Lies. Don't let anyone tell you that lie. Mm -hmm. Videos are the hardest things to do because you will be the most critical judge of yourself because you want to send out the best version of what you can do. Like, you know, you're in an audition. You do it. You mess up. It's over at the very least. With a video, if you press that submit button, you are saying you are okay with submitting a bad video. So... There's an exercise called one octave long where you go through all the keys. You do these are the majors. You do them as minor, natural minor, then melodic minor, then harmonic minor. Then you do the arpeggio. You do that for every single note on the keyboard. It's like it's like seven minutes long. <laughs> it's oh my lord, and it's really hard because I don't have an actual like keyboard with me or anything. I just have a wooden marimba, like a little not marimba but like a little wooden marimba practice pad. So you don't. If you if you mess up, you can kind of like try to fib it, but it doesn't work because all of a sudden you ha your hands have no idea where they are. So it was it was stressful, but it's it crammed a lot of practice time in where I needed it. So that was actually kind of helpful in that sense. So how I'd say that you're probably one of the only people with like a practice pad thing, right? There's probably like very few people with that. How were like high schoolers and stuff that are trying out trying to do that do you know or yeah uh so if they have a keyboard like i know a few of them had like at least like a xylophone or something i had a xylophone as well but it's really beat up and it's a lot smaller than what i'm used to practicing on so i just went with the board but what he recommended was actually taking duct tape and uh cardboard and it's kind of like making mm -hmm. a marimba like target pad just like that there's there's instructional videos online on how to do it there's like probably an article or two somewhere yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. Cool. I think the main thing with me and videos is, like, you can, like, when you're in the moment and you're recording, like, it'll sound good to you, but then you go back and watch it. And, like, for me personally, I'm very critical of the way things look because, you know, 
there's some times where like you have to have a certain look for things so like i'll be watching my video and i'll be like why is my elbow sticking out that far or, like why am i using that much arm on that roll so then i go back and like recalibrate it but then like i find something else i think that's what takes the longest for me is just like sometimes the look because i'm just like very critical over that on myself yeah it's all about it's all about kind of like you can play something just fine when there's no camera and nobody there and that's why people think it's so easy because when when something just clicks you know and I, i think it's just something mentally that happens when a camera is turned on and you know it's on it's like it's the exact same thing as being in front of like 30 people by yourself like i find it easier to play in the line in front of 100 people than to play by myself recording myself with nobody else in the room like it's just easier for me to just play in a line in front of people than to play by myself with a camera um and i'm kind of like trim like if i see one thing i'm like man why'd i do that i'll go back and record it and especially like with with quads you know you you have a space in between the pad where it's like not the actual drum it's like the individual spaces if i hit one of those the video's gone like it doesn't matter if it's like a five minute video and the first four and a half minutes are perfect like if i hit one of the rims in the last 30 seconds that video is scrapped like I, i can't use it um so it's it's just a lot of stuff like that that goes on that makes that take a long long time my first year at una we had an exercise called go that was 15 to 20 minutes of a single exercise because it was designed to like put all of your different techniques into one and then keep your brain engaged the entire time so that was i i was up in my high school's band room until probably three in the morning trying to record that video because you mess up at one part like you could be at minute 14 on the very last section and you miss up you have to redo (laughs) the entire thing yeah they're they're tough yeah i remember um our truman jake and i's first year parapugadiddle like we didn't do videos but like just like i tried to learn that exercise um to come into auditions and i thought you had to mark time to it and so uh obviously nobody knows what that is but parapugadiddle was an exercise that was basically just like all kinds of paradiddles and putadas just thrown and these patterns that went through all kinds of meters and different amount of 16th notes. And you, you, you can mark time to it, but it's extremely I, difficult. And I couldn't do it until like my second year. Like it took me a long time to get to it. So I tried to learn it marking time. And it wasn't until I walked into the audition room and asked somebody, I was like, Hey, um, just before we start, like, do we mark time to this? And they said, no. And immediately my whole life changed. Like it just, the like, whole exercise just became hundred percent easier. So, uh, just, I actually did learn to mark time to that exercise nice. for the audition, and like you know, I was like MIA for most actually all of the summer up until band camp in 2017. So, like I practiced marking time to it for the entire summer, and then like I came there, and all the snares were just like, yeah, you don't have to mark time to that. I was like, it definitely oh, made it easier. Dang. Yeah, yeah, it made, it made the exercise easier, but man, we got to bring that one back. We got to bring Parapugadiddle back, in my opinion. Um, so I guess since we're on the topic of summer, uh, what are everybody's summer music plans? We'll start with you, Logan. Uh, right now, I'm still booked to teach. Uh, I have three teaching gigs right now. Those haven't changed so far. Ideally, they don't. But, of course, uh, we're trying to be fluid. 
uh, once with uh, my school that I've been I've been teaching for five years now. It's been my last year with them, so trying trying to write a lot of music for them right now. Trying to write a bunch of exercises. Did there, uh, did there like a few little chop lessons here and there. Made a bunch of videos for them. So that's really it right now. Uh, oh, my ceremony for my wedding got pushed back from this month. It was going to be this month, so we're putting it back in August now. So yes. I'm getting a mar- I'm getting married a week before band camp now. Oh, so that'll no. be fun. That's not, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. Do what oh, you gotta man. do. Well, you're technically already married. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just man. we're just doing the ceremony. Yeah. Because I mean, we put money into it, so why yeah. not? I was so sad whenever you told <laughs> me that it wasn't going to happen. I got yeah. so it- upset. It hurt a little bit. Yeah, of course. What about you, Truman? What, what you got going on this summer? I mean, um, hopefully traveling. You know, a bunch of my travel plans got pushed back, like Logan's wedding, um, <laughs> for example. Um, I plan to just be playing drum set a lot. Um, just getting good, gooder at that. Um, the word is better. My bad. Um, I, right now I'm teaching the same two schools that I did last summer for band camps. So there's that. And then working on and planning video assignments for the UNA snares, just those sort of things. I'm trying, uh, I'm currently booked for one school, the same school I've taught at since forever ago, but um, I've just been trying to get a lot of writing done. Um, I want to try and finish, I've been working on a duo collection for about a year now, and I'm trying to get that done probably, if not by the time school starts, like a month into school, I want to be done with that. It's just a, a collection of 15 pieces, and it's a lot. I think I'm on piece 10 or 9. So it's a good amount of stuff going on, but um, I hope that band camps can happen because that's like my favorite part of the whole year is teaching band camps. It's a lot of fun. What about you, Jake? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm supposed to be teaching at Hazel Green this next fall, like all of fall, and um, we did auditions like over video, as like everything else has been, and um, right now they've went to the school and they've got their drums so like whatever i told them they made for now they went they worked out the band director worked out with the administrators at the high school that um they went and got picked up their drums so now they have their instruments at least that's good for for some of the summer yeah that is good and um you know everything's still kind of up in the air as it comes to like band camp and stuff but uh, I know a lot of the schools around here um have announced that they're for they they want to for sure go back um, like on campus school if everything else prevails so hopefully we'll get to have band camp in some shape or form of a band camp whether that's like half people one day or half the other or whatever yeah. so that's i'm just be writing their music and um doing like facebook assignments for them since we can't meet and whatnot and um playing some bow rounds about it that's probably the ones that like the like in 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 our, in our field, right? Like this whole COVID nineteen thing is like really just like shutting it down. Like you almost can't do anything. It's like at the level that you need to do that because 
you think like it, you're trying to get one section together to just practice you're not technically supposed to because it's more than 10 people you know and it's just like it, it's really like putting a strain on the arts currently so definitely mm-hmm. um I, I i really hope that we're able to like do some things towards the end of the summer but you know we'll see what goes on there uh so i guess we'll move on to our next topic here and one thing that we wanted to talk about was uh kind of the i guess you we can go through our favorite guest artists that we've had over the past couple of years just because man everybody eventually we talked about it last week is going to come through here at some point and give a class of some kind um my personal favorite was i i believe it was last year was the quay percussion duo Mm. uh man that was probably one of the coolest concerts that i've ever seen and i now i have my favorite playing technique of timpani of all time and you take uh you take a crotale and you spin it like a dreidel on the timpani and it creates the coolest sound ever and i saw uh i saw gene kashinsky who is one of the two in quay duo do that and man it was really just changed putting like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how he thought let's take a crotale and spin it on a timpani and just see what happens and it puts it into a piece blows my mind makes me <laughs> insane don't understand it what are some of you guys' favorite guest artists that we've had over here in the past couple of years uh well i have like two that i i kind of like think about the most when i think of guest artists uh i'd say uh emily tanner patterson yeah that's a good one i i really enjoy the insight she brings to the table especially for our area mm-hmm. uh, where she teaches compared to where we teach like the there's just a, such a large gap in the way that we approach education of percussion of music in general and it's uh it's it's also very refreshing to hear that because we're trying to get to that right we're trying to get to that next step and so hearing the way she took those steps and the things she did in her her program and with her administration to get there is very is very refreshing it was nice to hear uh and then of course jason Truding. i mean the man he he was yeah. such a he was such a genuine low down to earth kind of guy. Like him and Roger Carter have like the same vibe of this. They don't <laughs> understand their their like accolades. They don't understand just how golden they are to so many people, and they just they're so cool. They're so cool about it. Like I could I could probably text them and it, we we would just like have a met, we have a talk. I did email Jason and we uh, he sent me a piece and it's just like they're, they're such cool guys. Uh, Jason. He actually uh, he came and coached us for our, our quartet, and that was a very eye-opening experience as well, just to see how he not only approached playing the piece that he wrote, but the way he approached writing it, and like the things he thought about that weren't exactly inherently in the music. Because right. he gave us a lot of tips that helped us tremendously and like really produced and like created a good, unique sound for us that we probably never would have gotten there because it was all in his head from when he created it which is really interesting i still have the like hour and a half long rehearsal that we had with him on video 
<laughs> like, I still have the whole thing. And, like, sometimes I'll go back and watch the first, like, five minutes of when he, like, first started talking to us. And, yeah, that, that, that guy has an extreme amount of just cool dude in him. Like, he's so, <laughs> like, so down to earth. He, like, I, I, I don't even think, like, like you said, he realizes just how big he is in this industry, you know. And really cool piece. Really enjoyed it. So you probably have like the the first five minutes of us also freaking out because we're playing for him and we oh, yeah. <laughs> we thought we hated it. <laughs> man, it, it's the worst five minutes that we played of that entire piece. And he's like, "Hey, man, we're just here playing notes." And then it immediately got better because we all chilled out. But man, yeah, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I like I like what you guys are doing here. I like the uh, the hi hat thing." <laughs> and we're like, "Yeah, we like that too." <laughs> it's like we did it, we did it. And then he was like, "Can we speed it up a little bit?" Yeah. Like, let's play it with how it's supposed to be played. Thank you. Yeah, because AJ was, like, making us take it real slow. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, but why is it so slow? Let's take it up. We're... That was, that oh, was a lot man. of fun. It was a good time. It really was. Hmm. I think um, he was definitely – that was definitely, like, one of my most enjoyable experiences at UNA, just that whole concert with him. Yeah. It was really fun. Do you guys remember um, – when it was the solo piece he did in the middle of that whole like concurrent run of pieces he played drum set where he played drum set and just started going off like yep i didn't see it coming i really didn't uh it i don't think he did either we all i i remember (laughs) the one part i remember about that is i just remember it being like stupid ridiculously amazing and all of us just started looking at each other because none of us can like really believe what's happening right in front of us as we're all supposed to sit back there and just be quiet because we're still on the stage at this point for people who don't know. And we just like, we all are just looking at each other, like mouths wide open, just being like, what the heck is happening right now? Yeah, that was probably my favorite moment of that concert. Besides actually playing extremes, my favorite moment of that concert was, was watching that dude play drum set and just being blown away the entire time. <laughs> yeah, oh. he, was, he was definitely one of my favorite people mm-hmm. that have come, like a lot of you all. Um, for me, like another one of my favorites, I kind of put these people in the same boat because they both teach at Broken City and they have the same approach to marching drums. I really liked Roger Carter and Veronica Wicks. Um, I like their whole philosophy about how you can approach marching drums like you would drum set with that fluidity and just like that whole approach. And then like your whole approach to the percussion becomes a lot more streamlined as just like, all right, here's your drum set technique. Here is your concert snare technique. Here's your marching drums technique. Like, I think it was just really eye-opening. And just like the conversations that were had with both of them, I thought they were both really cool. Um, another one of mine, which he used to teach here, but he did a clinic for um, the, what is it? Um the it's not day of percussion the percussion symposium yeah the one that's um, like yeah yeah, yeah. In 2018 spring 2018 rich redmond um his faces that he makes while he's playing they <laughs> they're just really entertaining and like he just puts so much energy into playing like the simplest beats on the drum set but like he just makes them sound good and like you can tell that he's legitimately enjoying himself and it was a lot of fun like being in that class with him as well but he's definitely one of my favorites that's been here yeah that was, that was a fun one um, and he also played on my drum set for that clinic that's pretty big you should have had him sign it you should have 
You missed that. He could have sold it. Well, I mean, he basically did all that sweat. Truman hasn't like has wiped any of it off. Hey, I haven't played on my set since then because of that. <laughs> it's been, it's been have you really much. not? Or no, I I have. <laughs> <laughs> I think um one of mine like it was like a small clinic. It's happened I think twice. Was Keith Dudek. Mm. Um, and the reason I liked his was I, I played on both of them, so that made it more fun. But he like going back to what Truman said. Like he he's also one of those ones that talks about how you can bring the approach to drum set to marching percussion. Like thinking about how to connect the two and how you would sit. Because when you're behind a, a marching drum, it's all about stay with the time, be on top of it. But when you're in drum set, it's that kind of goes out the window and it becomes feel it. Like what's the groove like? If you were trying to portray this, what would how would you play it? How would your touch change? Is I feel like the way that he just talked about mending those two things together is, is has been really beneficial, at least to me playing wise. So that that's another good one. Yeah, that's that kind of that's kind of the trend that I noticed with most master classes that we have or people that come in. It's less that I learn new things; I just get a very radical or very new perspective on things I already know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always very interesting. Like it, the Keith Dudek one, I always I always love it when he comes in. He's so he's nice. Such a cool dude. He's so yeah. nice. Like unbelievably nice and kind. And he's like, hey man, just uh, message me sometime. We'll uh, we'll yeah. set something up. Man, he, oh, gave gosh, he gave me a free t shirt. Amazing. I've never heard Tom sound like that. Like without <laughs> like, being in a recording studio, his song. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them. They're so they're probably still ringing from where he played them at UNA right now. Those things, those things sounded so clean. I think one of my favorite clinics we had was, um, Jason Baker. You guys remember him? Oh yeah. Yeah. That one's, it was, um, it was like one of the smaller clinics we have. Like it was like in midday. It wasn't like a whole weekend, but still, um, he's the professor at Mississippi state. Correct. Was that the performance anxiety clinic? Yes. Or something oh like that? yeah, I remember that one. That was so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eric Odimo is. Oh man. Awesome. <laughs> that was terrifying playing for, but. It was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys remember the uh, the twin cushion? I was just clinic. about to say that. That man. was another one of my favorites. I, I said it then. I'll say it again. Those two guys playing together is some of the best marimba playing that I've ever seen in my entire life in person. It is unbelievable how, like, synced they are. It helps when you're twins. It's unbelievable how synced they are. And just, like, the communication that they can get across to one another while they're jumping across one another physically to play this marimba, it's... Mm-hmm. Man, it's crazy to, to watch. That It puts your own skill in, into perspective. Like we said last week, it makes you realize how far you gotta go, really, to go yeah. up the ladder. But man, it, 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 is it inspiring to see people that are at the top of your field just all the time? Yeah, like uh, uh, Evelyn Glennie. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah, I don't think I don't think any of us were here for that. I think that was before our time. Dang, I'm old. Never yeah. mind. I wish I was here for that. That, that one sounds like it would it would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Okay, so now let's play a little game. We're, yeah, we're we're gonna have no. some fun now. We're we're gonna have some fun now. So if you had to pick somebody that hasn't been here while you've been here, one person to come do a master class, clinic or whatever, who would it be and why? 
All right. It's kind of a cheating answer. You already got it? That's not that's not. Yeah, fair. I already do. Okay. It's cheating, though. I want Gene Kashinsky. He's oh, been here twice, that was mine. but he, he, had, he hasn't <laughs> done an actual clinic. Yeah. He's, he just did the playing. I think the way Gene can, like, the way he approaches writing and the way he approaches playing especially, it, it's so unique. Like him, and it's a him and then uh, Casey Cangelosi. They're oh, kind of the ones that are really pushing a lot of the, the kind of, I guess you could say pop culture writing that we see a lot of nowadays. They get shared around everywhere because watch this amazing thing and they're just playing like as one or something. You know, it's, it yeah. is amazing, but we've heard it so many times and that's something that came from them. I think having Gene would be really cool. That'd be a really fresh perspective that I haven't seen yet, I think. Yeah, I mine was also Gene, but kind of in a different light. I want to have Gene Kishinsky come here and do a percussion composition clinic because Obviously. unlike just the way that his compositions work, they just flow so well. Like, it's hard to find, especially in, like, complicated percussion solo literature, a consistent basis of like everything makes sense in the whole grand scheme of things you know what i mean so like everything that i've ever seen that he's written has been it just had such a nice ebb and flow to it that it was unbelievable um i had another one i came up with another one since you stole gene from me oh man i'll have to come back to it i really forgot that's crazy I know uh, Pius Chung's been there before, but I would definitely like to see that. All right, and that was a couple years ago, though, right, Logan? I think you were there? Yeah. That was when I was about to be a major. Okay, so that was like, what, 2015? 15. Okay, yeah, see, I wasn't there then, but I would really like to see him. Big fan of his mallets and all of his pieces. Um, Kegawabe? Bring them both. I know what it yeah. was. I, I found it. I think it'd be kind of cool to have Ivan Trevino come Ooh. in. Come in. Because yeah. um, I feel like, you know, when you really think about who do we, whose pieces do we hear get played the most? Ivan Trevino. Yeah, He's well, the Michael Jackson of the percussion. He really world. is. Like, like everything he puts out, it's just everyone plays it, you know? And it's, it'd be really cool to get his insight, you know, of like how he comes up with things. And then obviously he's a phenomenal player as well. Like he, the mm -hmm. fact that he can play marimba and sing at such a confident level is like insane. Have you seen his songbook volume three? I have not seen volume three. I have seen, I've seen at least one performance of like volume one and volume two. Uh, volume three is the one that I think you'd be interested in. It's actually percussion with winds. It's okay. a very interesting. Uh, it's like a little chamber setting type thing. It's really cool. I'm here for. I would, I would love to hear how he. Uh, I'd love to hear him talk about how he wrote that. Yeah. Just from personal experience, I found it. I found it very hard to write small ensembles with percussion and winds. At least from my little pea brain, it's pretty difficult. But I imagine for somebody who's like actually smart and knows what they're doing, it's not that hard. But. I'd like to see Matt Gardska do a clinic. Oh man, I was—he was one of the people that I was going back and forth with. I don't even know if I want a clinic from him. I think I just want to sit there and watch him play for an hour. Yeah, that's like, what he, I really like. like he doesn't that. have like he doesn't have to talk. He can just sit there and play for an hour, and I'll be totally cool with it. Ever like since you said that, Kelb, I've been going back and forth between like a bunch of people, and Matt Garska was 
one of the people, but like I can't decide between these two people. One of them would be Mike Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want him to come in and just let us pick his brain on one, like how he comes up with show concepts, because at least for like Broken City, um, his writing style for them as well, and just the whole design for those shows, because like those shows are like so open-ended and like they're up for interpretation by the audience member as opposed to like here's our show here's what it means and this is like exactly what it is now give us a score but instead it's like here's a concept that we're putting into a show but you can take from it what you want and then interpret it your own way and you can apply it to like whatever you want to and i just think that that's really interesting and then the other person would be Todd Zuckerman, who is the drum set player for Styx right now. Um, he's just one of the most musical drum set players that I've ever seen, and he has chops, and he's just, like, really good. Um, Kyle Blair would agree with me on that. He's <laughs> one of his favorite drummers, too, I think. But, um, like, when he plays drum parts, even, like, if he's playing rock, like... They're simple, but they're musical, and that makes it, like, really fun to listen to. And so, and I hear he gives, like, really good clinics, and he's put out some really good educational DVDs. So it'd be really cool to see him have a clinic here. I'd kind of like, I I, I would kind of like to see, uh, like, going back to Mike Jackson and and about Broken City shows, is it's extremely hard to come up with a concept that can be applied to everyone and everyone can have a different meaning and then do it well. And the fact that they do it well every single year, at least for the past three or four years is. And then you also win with that and then break uh, and break the record. It's crazy. It's insane. Uh, I would like to see Glenn Velez do it. I was going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You stole Logan's. Yeah. Glenn Velez would be amazing. I want to see Chris Lamb just to see Chris Lamb. Yeah, I want to see Chris Lamb too. I Didn't really we see want... him, Jake? Didn't we? Did y'all see him at that? No, we saw him at Music for All. Yeah, the... yeah, 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 that's right. Because yeah, yeah, we yeah. chilled in that room with him for like 30 minutes while he warmed up. No, 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 no. That was um. That was Jeff Queen. Never mind. Jeff Queen. Yeah, that wasn't Chris Lamb. No. Hey, Jeff um... Queen would be cool too, though. Yeah. <laughs> I really want Bill Bachman for like Ooh. 30 minutes. Is all I need, man. He's actually a fun little uh, quip here. He's the one who's grading the tenor audition videos this year, which was the reason why I filmed eights 25 times. Because <laughs> my, my, my videos are going to be put in front of him, which is extremely nerve-wracking for me, at least. But yeah, he uh, like, like put the quad playing aside, like just from a entrepreneurship design perspective like when you look at quad pads right like obviously you have every company that makes their own and this is personal opinion by the way uh the vic firth heavy hitter heavy hitter series which he helped which he developed basically is like almost a universal quad pad at this point like you don't get better than that like the only thing that i wish it had was actual rims which is what zymox does and i think zymox pad works very well but just like there's i have never played a quad pad that feels as good as a Vic Firth heavy hitter quad pad feels. I would love to talk to him about how he came up with that and like why it can't be replicated at the same level, but he'd be cool. 
Yeah, kind of, kind of on the same lines. Uh, like talking about Vic first, I think it'd be really cool to get like Yamaha and Innovative Vic first, like the big wigs, and like talk to them about like how they go out seek, like see who they're gonna sponsor, see like what groups they oh, want yeah. to sponsor, like talent scouts almost. Yeah, like yeah. I would, I would love to hear about that. Kind of hear the business side of things. Yeah, because I think that's the one thing that's like kind of like you don't know until you know. Like you have no idea how it all works until you're in it. Mm-hmm. Like. That's true. You, or you know somebody that's right, already in. Right. You know. And I, I've heard just from talking to some people that like, there's people who are guests who are like sponsored artists who the only reason they're sponsored artists is because they sent an email out. It was like, hey, I'd love to like be a sponsor for you guys. And they were like, well, we weren't thinking about it, but why not? Let's do it. And so now they have, you know, their own sticks and all that. So I think it's like, it's halfway you market yourself to these companies and halfway who do you know that can be like, hey, this guy's a cool guy. You should really sponsor him. So, hey, you watching this, Wiggins? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I need it, okay? But, yeah, I think, um, honestly, Dr. Wiggins would be a great. I know we get classes from him all the time, but if I wasn't at UNA, he'd be a really cool master class just to talk about the business side of things because he knows everything. <laughs> yeah. So oh, hey, like, literally everything like literally if, if we're talking about business things as well it'd be cool to get like the people over percussive arts society as yeah. well um mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool i'd like to sit in on one of their uh like zoom board meetings yeah or the people over like boa dci and wgi that'd be cool as well Ooh, i think shane, mm-hmm. i think shane gwaltney would be amazing what a man dude the beard the beard He's bald with the beard. It's, it's a look. It's hard to pull that <laughs> off. And man, he does it. Let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot of guest artists that I'd like to see. I don't know if I can name them all right now, but man, there's just. I just want to see everybody. I yeah, I didn't even name some of my Balron people. I would like to see have a masterclass. See, <laughs> that's a field I know nothing about. Like I know I nothing didn't... about it, but man, it's such a cool instrument. Man, it's neat. I love it. I didn't. I didn't name any of the gospel drummers that I want to see just shed. Are there any non-percussionists that you like to see that would still kind of apply to the area? Yo Yo Ma. Yeah. Yo Yo Ma's a good one. Uh, the entire band of Snarky Puppy. <laughs> Literally yes. all of them. I was on just North about Auditorium's to say, Echoey. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say Snarky Puppy, because man. It's hard to get that many musicians to play together like that. Mm-hmm. God, they do it so well. I'd like to see Adam Neely. Adam mm-hmm. Neely is a guy that I'd love to talk to for a while because his um, his grasp of just like extremely far out there musical concepts and how he applies them to like just general jazz studies is kind of it's it's kind of, it's really cool. It's a really cool thing to watch his videos. I would like to see Dirty Loops do kind of the same thing. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Dirty Loops. Yeah. <laughs> Man. This isn't anyone specific, but I think getting like a bunch of like Broadway writers in, oh, yeah. I think that'd be cool. Well, because the thing about Broadway is people who don't understand the musical aspect are like, oh, the songs all sound the same. And I think what's cool about Broadway is while there's a lot of similarities in how they have to write there you can easily point out like specific styles and like different quirks that each composer has that that writes these books 
and it's because it's hard to write within a genre and make it your own and i think that's the cool thing about high level broadway productions is they all make it their own when they write these books mm-hmm. i just like to see how yeah. they do that we can probably get lin-manuel miranda easy yeah. wiggins probably knows him or no knows problem. a guy or knows a guy that knows we'll a message wiggins and within 30 minutes we'll start a podcast easy <laughs> easy no it probably wouldn't be that easy but hopefully that's the dream of things Oh. Anything else you guys want to talk about? You guys got anything? I'm, I am I got through my whole list here. Well, I yeah. miss seeing all your faces face to face. Yeah. I miss I miss seeing you guys. An actual person. And not seeing just like a torso. <laughs> weird, man. It's weird times we're in. What did everybody have for dinner tonight? What did everybody eat? I made... Uh, my own hamburger with my own bun. My I own... you 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 have been in the kitchen recently, Logan. <laughs> you have been yes, cooking I up have. feasts. Now I want to know, Shay, as someone who really enjoys to cook myself, how often are you going to the grocery store? Not that often. Really? Yes. You got to find the deals. I feel that. Got to okay. find the deals. <laughs> that's the problem. Is like you plan for one dish, right? You make it. And then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. but now I want to try and make this. And you're like, oh, crap, I have nothing I need for this, and I'm trying to make it today. I got to go. So you go to the store like three, four times a week. But I guess that would be solved if, you know, just, you just planned a little bit. Yeah, like I buy a full uh, a pork uh, loin. So I have the sirloin, the chop cut, and the rib. Mm. And so it's like those are that's three separate meals right there in one. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you have true. for dinner today, Jake? I had a my mama made meatloaf. It was Ooh, good. Dude, meatloaf sounds so good. I love meatloaf. What about you, Dreamin? What did you have today? Um, Katie Brooke made this shredded barbecue chicken in the crock pot. It was very good. There's nothing I, I love more than a good and, crock pot meal. Crock pot meals are always good. Crock pot meals are always good. I, mm-hmm. had, I had chili today. Man, it was good chili. My mom made some fantastic crock pot chili yeah i think that's gonna wrap it up for episode two of the una percussion podcast um we don't know if we're gonna do this week to week over the summer it's a little it's a little hard because you know not not too much is going on since not in school but uh thank you for watching if you haven't watched the first episode go do that had a lot of good conversations there and uh it was fun so everybody say bye Bye. Bye.